A lot of influencer girls always portray this like image of perfection, but I'm all about giving a message and trying to like show them that yes, we can look great in that outfit and go here and, and take photos of that hotel and it's amazing. But like you know what, I have problems as a human like you do, and I think it's okay to talk about that. Not getting it right is just part of the whole game, and so it's not something that should like hold me back or make me like stop doing what I want to do. Welcome to the Boss Way Podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, co-founder of Boss Babe, and along with my life wife and business BFF, Natalie Ellis, we are joined on this awesome episode by fashion and beauty influencer, Marta Posa. Now, recently named as one of the most influential micro-influencers Forbes, Marta was a 2018 ambassador for the launch of the new fragrance Flower by Kenzo Parfum. She also has done huge brand collaborations with Do Your Beauty, Estee Lauder, H&M, Marc Jacobs, Aldo, Nike, and that's just to name a few. So in this episode, it was such a pleasure to really get behind the highlight reel and lift the lid on what it takes to become an influencer. From how to get deals to really negotiate with brands, we dived into it all and we got you guys actionable tips. We also chatted about imposter syndrome too and having suffered it for myself, I really, really truly believe it's important that we talk about this conversation more. So in this episode, we shared our tips on how to overcome it and how even though it shows up frequently for us, we have some action tips on how to deal with it. So for this episode, the boss big quote I've chosen is this, behind every successful woman is herself. Because as powerful as family and friends and others are, you really do have to ensure that you are showing up as yourself. You are taking the action steps every single day to be your best self and make sure your dreams are becoming a reality. So we hope you love this episode. Please tag us at bossbabe.ing and at Marta Ponza with your favorite takeaways and we'd love to share them. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Okay, we are so excited to have you here. And just for everyone listening, before we dived into this, we really set the intention that this is going to be a full behind the highlight reel kind of conversation and just really talk about what it takes to stay balanced as a super busy, ambitious woman. So, so excited for you to be here. And also thank you for being willing to set that intention with us. It means a lot. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited as well. So can I just ask for just a brief backstory in how you got started Mm -hmm. with what you do? So I can say I'm a fashion and beauty influencer. So I work with brands and social media partnerships. Was that my original plan? No, it wasn't. I wanted to be a fashion writer. So that was my like dream when I was 17, 18. And I interned at Vanity Fair in Milan and I then became a ghostwriter. So I realized like soon enough that there's no money in like publications and like working for a magazine can be so like stressful and like the pay was so little that after a couple of years doing that, we might share it too much. I was like, there has to be something better where I can still feel like I'm writing and working in fashion, but I'm making more money. And that's when social media became such a thing. So I graduated, moved to London for, I was going to take a master in creative writing at the St. Martin's Academy. Oh, yeah. And after six months, I'm like, nope, I'm done with school. I need to be like <laughs> just out there working. So I came to LA and took an acting class for eight months to get a visa because 
you know, being from Europe, you have to have a, a visa. So after that, I realized that I wanted to do more modeling and acting as well. Got a work visa eventually and signed with a modeling agency and like started getting brand deals. And now it's like my full time job. And I'm so grateful and lucky to be doing that because it's a dream job. Honestly, yeah. you don't have to go to an office and you you can make so much more money than working for a magazine or a publication. So, yeah. I love it. And it really is centered around everything you love and we're mm-hmm. going to do in the first place. And I feel you on the whole moving to America, getting a visa. I've been it's on that journey. so much, right? <laughs> it is, but it's amazing when it all kind when of... it all works out. Yeah, yeah. It feels great. So who are some brands that you're really excited to be working with lately and why? Yeah. So I have a list of like dream brands and dream jobs that I want to work on. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite brands is Kenzo. So a couple years ago, I was like, I have to be doing like a short film or a commercial with them because they're known for like their creative like video stuff. And a year ago, I reached out to the brand. and I'm like, hey, I really love your brand. I want to like come to your fashion shows and just wear your clothes just because I, I truly love it. And they started inviting me to all their events. And then eventually they were like, we have this project. We're like relaunching our fragrance and we're doing like a global campaign and we want to use you like a brand ambassador but also like as an actress in the video would you want to do it and I'm like wait I wrote it down on my list how did you know that and they were like so it it just really worked out it was like a dream collaboration because it's such a funky cool creative brand and they're super easy to work with and they're like we don't care how many followers you have we just want to connect with you and Mm -hmm. I feel like you do like us genuinely so like for us that's all that matters So I was really flattered to be working with them. We shot it in San Francisco. It was just so cool. And it's still airing all over France, Europe, and Asia mostly. Because they don't sell it in here in the States. They only sell their clothes, but they don't sell their fragrance here. Oh, I didn't know that. They don't have licensing here, yeah. The fragrance is beautiful. Right, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I used it as a kid. Like, with my mom used to buy it. So I told them that. Right? (laughs) Growing up in Europe, it was such a thing. So they were like, you know, it was going to be like a good partnership. So... That was a dream brand that I worked with and I still work with them. So, I love the fact you said you have a dream list of brands because on the podcast a couple of months ago, I have also dream lists of different things, people I want to meet, or people I want to work with. And I really do believe in the power of writing that down because it taps into your subconscious. And I think without even realizing it, you're doing things that are going to help you get closer. Mm-hmm. And then it was such a natural fit for you to then reach out yeah. and do it. I, I feel like a lot that. of us do that. We don't really share that. But I feel like all the smart girls out there have their strategies and their lists and things. And yeah. you have to do that to see it. Yeah, I mean, what we do looks easy, but we're very strategic in oh, what we do. beyond. This doesn't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, here's where I want to get to. Here's my strategic plan to yeah. get there. And I don't think people really always see that. What do you really struggle with behind the scenes? I know that's a loaded question. Hmm. Can we just dive into that? Sure. Well, one of the reasons why I decided to do what I do is because I was very shy as a kid and very, like, I wouldn't say socially awkward, but, like, you know, borderline socially awkward. And I was really (laughs) nervous. Uh, I'm an only child, so, like, I spent a lot of time on on my own as a kid. So I felt like I wasn't, like, this social butterfly kind of person, but I wanted to be that. That was my dream, to be, like, this, like, really great girl that everybody wanted to hang out with and, like, be like or whatever. So I just really, like, got out of my comfort zone and decided to just— be like out there and put myself out there and sometimes I still struggle with that like when I go to certain events or certain dinners I'm like who's gonna sit next to me like am I gonna be okay am I gonna like feel like talking to all of them like I feel like there's a lot of pressure in like the way we have to like interact with like clients or brands or influencers and I'm very like natural like I'm not like this fake persona that I 
sometimes feel like maybe people expect more of that from me than like just Marta, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always like think about if is that gonna be okay? Are they gonna want something different? So that's my struggle. How am I perceived as a person, not just as Marta, the influencer? Will they care about that? Will they want to see that? I hope they do, but I just never know. So, Do you identify with being an extrovert or an introvert? Because I always find that's quite interesting. Because I think traditionally people think, oh, yeah, it's really easy for extroverts. They don't suffer from social anxiety. But I personally have found that not to be true. Mm-hmm. I used to be very introverted as a kid. Now I'm like more social so I think I'm a little bit of both an ambivert like a yeah Yeah. at heart I'm introverted but like once I turn it on I'm not shy at all and what is the process that you've gone through to get to that point because like you say (sighs) if you were quite introverted and quite shy like how have you enabled yourself to kind of have those conversations with people you don't know so I did a lot of therapy went to therapy Mm -hmm. a lot to like you know just feel more confident to like go through, like, certain issues that I had with my family. And I feel like that really did help because I had to learn how to, to, like, share personal things. And that empowers you, makes you feel, like, less shy about things and more like everybody's dealing with the same problems. And so, like, I'm not different than they are, although they don't talk about it. We're the same. So I try to remind myself that at the end of the day, we all are the same. So I think it helps a lot to feel less shy or worried. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash bossbabe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash bossbabe, masterclass.com slash bossbabe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting, and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. 
Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. I can so relate to that, especially you never really know what's going on for anyone, but behind the scenes, no one has a perfect life. We're all human mm-hmm. beings. And for all you might be nervous, I think the person beside you could be. But for me, I can relate a lot to when you say you can just turn it on because I'm also very, very introverted yeah. and I love to spend time alone. I don't get bored. And very funny when I was at university and I had my own company when I was at university and I had a business partner and I used to have a lot of anxiety about being on the phone and I still do to a certain extent. I can extent. relate to that actually. Yeah. I used to be like that a yeah. little less now, but yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. And my business partner used to force me to make phone conversations and I would feel sick, like actual nauseated to make the conversation. So then I would do it. And even now, if I can get out of a phone conversation, I will because I just don't love them. You it know, can be very scary. Yeah. People say you should lean into what makes you uncomfortable. And I think yes to a point, but also... I mean, what I do on a daily basis, it's stressful. There's a lot of things going on. So I pick my battles. If I don't want to have a phone call that day, then I won't. If I don't want to go to a social event that day where I don't know anybody and I feel like staying home is better for my cortisol levels, then I'm going to do it. That's very true. It's so interesting as well, though, because so Natalie's very much does really kind of lead the Mm -hmm. Instagram side and is very, very comfortable and jumping and doing videos on Instagram, whereas I'm not, but I'm actually much more like of an even kill with it doesn't bother me getting on the phone. Okay. It doesn't bother me going places on my own. Like I recently went to an event on my own. It was all just middle-aged men. But actually I <laughs> do funny. have like, yeah, and I, but I do have a lot of anxiety around like being on videos on Instagram because you stuff. turn it on. Mm, yeah, you and you on. don't even, it's like second nature. Yeah. But it takes a while to train it, I think. For me, it did. I still get a little nervous. The worst is like auditioning. <sighs> Do you find that like my rocking? arms get so numb and like I have to like shake him for like a good five minutes before I go on and uh, still yeah. right now I'm super good but like normally when I go to auditions I like kind of freeze only like my arms and like my back and then the rest of my body is kind of fine so I don't I don't know it's different for everybody can we double tap into why that is because I think that's really interesting like why is it that you get nervous around auditions like is that because there's actually stems to a fear of rejection or is it actually I don't know I'm just kind of exploring like I think wondering what that is yeah it's so much the rejection it's more like the judgment like mm. uh, what are they gonna think of me what are they gonna say like it's okay if I don't get it but like I always like want to know why and how I like to know why and I know they won't tell me that so that kind of bothers me or like they do sometimes if you really ask them but and it's a lot of people watching it and you don't, you don't really know who because sometimes there's people that are maybe super important and you don't they don't even tell you that. And then they keep the tape and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's so nice to hear you talk about it because you're so successful. And for a lot Surely. of people, they might think, well, you don't get nervous or, or, or fearful around judgment and different things. But like we we're bringing it back, it's so nice to be able to be, say like, listen, this is where I am and I have gotten this far, but I still feel like that. Yeah. And everybody, every like performer at any level, they'll tell you the same thing because the bigger you get, the more stressful things are. So... I love but it. I just like the more you grow, the more you learn how to like keep it together, you know, so like you get less nervous, you know. 
I was helping last week. I was volunteering at this kid's school, and they were, like, preparing for their, like, fashion show at the end of the year. And they had Noah Mills, who was, like, a pretty big male model. He was, like, really big in the 90s. And he said, like, I still get nervous when I go on stage when I walk a fashion show, but it's, like, so much less because I've done it for so many years that it's, like, my body, like, doesn't see it as a scary thing anymore. Maybe a little mm -hmm. bit, but, like, less and less. So it grows as you grow as a performer or a talent or an actor or whatever like, it is. I think that can be related to just so many different things as well, can't it? Like anything, it's what becomes your new normal. Right. So Every time more, it's like a, yeah. a, like a different level. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. like, you know, whether you're growing a business or working up the career ladder, like getting confident and breaking down those fear barriers, like getting used to doing it, then you get comfortable there and then you're able to go up the next step and maybe just not looking at, you know, the staircase in front of you, but just taking one step at a time and yeah. just keep moving. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how we can like develop as humans and like as, yeah. What are some kind of tips or strategies you've been able to implement that have helped you get over that kind of anxiety? Well, I always think to myself that everything is temporary. So if you feel bad, you can feel bad for 10 minutes and then it goes away. So that really does help in the moment when I'm like feeling the pressure or the anxiety to keep thinking that it's already going away on its own. And I think that nothing is really that bad. Yeah, no one's dying. You're not performing heart surgery. Like it's something that I tell yeah. my team when they get really anxious. I'm like, wait, is anyone going to die if you do this wrong? No, probably so not. It's, it's pretty easy in a way. So. Yeah. I always try to think about that. I love that. What's something that you think, well, you would say you're most proud of in your career, I would say? When I wanted to be on Instagram and like be a social media influencer, it took me a couple of years to actually do it. I was so scared of starting my own blog or my own Instagram account. I don't know why. I just knew exactly what I needed to do. I knew kind of like I mean, roughly all the steps, and I knew I was following a lot of girls already, but I just didn't have the confidence to do it. That was when I was 22, and I kept doing my research for a couple of years, and it took me, like, to move to L.A. to find that inspiration, that kind of, like, courage to do it. And then after that, I feel like that was, like, really important to me because it was such an easy step, but also the most important one. So after that, it all felt, like, pretty natural. So overcoming uh, yeah. that kind of like, you know, fear of like starting out, that was my, yeah. I love that you said that because I think getting started is the hardest thing you'll right? do. Because once you make that decision and you commit, everything else kind of falls into place. But mm -hmm. getting to that point, like you say, you could do all the research, you can have all the plans, but to actually put yourself out there yeah. is crazy. So when you decided to put yourself out there and you've kind of studied what it would take and you started doing it, how long did it take for you to start seeing traction? And what do you think you did really well that helped? I think what I did for six months in a row when I started, I reached out to all the brands on my list or that the initial list that I had and like asked him to just like loan me clothes to create content. And Nasty Girl was one of the first brands to believe in me and to be like, I think we see something really cool here. Like we want to like hire you for a campaign. So that was like after six months in of trying to reach out to brands. And then I think overall to be making like really good money and to feel like, oh, I kind of like I'm doing a really good job. It was like three and a half years or so. So the first year and a half was like kind of rough and like a lot of like learning and trying and like making mistakes and learning from that. But uh, after the third year, I felt like I had a proper real job just doing that full time. Which is pretty good. And what kept you going through those years? So I've always done what the end goal was. And I always, like, I could see me doing what I wanted to do at my best. So I would always think about that visual, like, image of, like, Marta being, 
working with all those brands, doing all those brand deals. And like, I just kept motivating myself in a way. So I never let go. And so do you feel like failure is something that you have addressed throughout that time? Like, whether it's being rejected in auditions or like posting something that doesn't work or maybe even I know, collaborating on something that wasn't necessarily as successful as you thought. Yeah, there's been a couple of times where I felt like maybe I shouldn't do this, maybe I should quit, maybe I should change, maybe I should do something else. But then I've always like known that that was what I'm meant for and what I've always wanted to do. So I learned that it's just like not getting it right the way you want it or the way you expected it. It's just part of the whole game. And so it's not something that should like, you know, hold me back or make me like stop doing what I want to do. I guess you embrace your mistakes and like mm. make them like part of the journey. And so when I don't get a, a role or something, I'm like, yeah, I'm, it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't for me. So now whenever I don't get a job that I thought was a good job for me, I just always realize that it wasn't meant to be or it just wasn't like right at that moment. And then maybe sometimes it comes back or, you know, I go back to it. So it's all about timing, I think, also. Mm. And like the right timing for both parties in a way. And at first when I was younger, I didn't know that. I just wanted everything or like, I just thought I was going to miss out if I didn't do something. And now I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. I've done that. Or I don't need to do that. Oh, maybe I'll think about it. So I think I take more of my time with things and I don't rush into things, which is something that only comes like with like years of like experience, I feel like. Because when you're yeah. young and just you want to do everything and you like tend to like overdoing things, I think. Yeah, it can be a bit of a privilege, can't it? Because in the beginning, when you're doing anything new or starting a business, you kind of say yes to everything because you're like, uh -huh. I really need to make this work. I need to bring the money in. I need to see this for the long term. So you say yes to all these different things. But then you get to a certain point where you don't have to say yes to everything and you can actually space it out. And, so, you, and you shouldn't say yes to everything as well. For right? real, yeah. Yeah. But in the beginning, you don't know any better. And yeah. you just think that you have to like take in as much as you can. But yeah, it's a great place to be at. Like, you know, oh no, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. And I totally took so many things in the beginning that I wouldn't now. But at uh -huh. the time, it was the right decision because I was like, okay, this is going to get me to next month. And you see things in like lots of little steps and you get there through doing all of those little steps. Yeah. And I feel like for brands, it's also important to like set boundaries and because brands will always try to take as much as they can. And in the beginning, I used to let them like do that more because I needed that as well, the exposure and everything. And now I'm so much better at setting boundaries and like cutting better deals. And it's a good feeling. How do you feel about negotiating for brand deals? So I've been with like two different agencies in the last four years. And it's been like not the best experience, honestly, because I feel like the agents are always like, you know, have your best interest and. So I kind of like, I thought I needed them because I'm not a business. I mean, I am a business person, but I'm not supposed to negotiate my own deals. But now I do that and it's the best thing ever because mm. I know I know everything that goes behind booking a job. You know, I have friends that do that for a living. And so like I learned so many tricks. And so like I just feel more comfortable doing that right now. And I think it's wrong when they tell you, oh, a talent should never do that. I'm, I feel like a talent could do that as well. And I have a lawyer for contracts and things that I really need help with. But I think it's good to, like, know what they're asking for and, like, to be involved in that process as well. For me right now, at least. Yeah. If you're doing all of this yourself, how do you balance everything? Because that's a lot to I know it is. do your own negotiating, you know, and then executing a deal, reporting yeah. back to the brand. Like, that's a lot of work. I know. How do you balance everything? I just don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I've never been, like... 
I'm a morning person, so I get a lot of emails done in the morning from Europe because I get a lot of emails from Europe. And then I think I'm done emailing people around 2 p.m. because, like, everybody in New York is kind of done in Europe. They're sleeping. So I get a lot done in the morning. So I do a lot of, like, desk work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I just go about my day. And I do more of the creative, strategic stuff in the afternoon where I have less, like, emails coming in. So I think it's just, like, a scheduling everything. It's not that bad. No. I guess once you I mean, it's overwhelming mentally, up. but, like— Physically, it's fine. It's like I have enough hours in, in a day to be doing all that. It's just the stress that comes with it. I don't love that part of when I'm talking to brands about money. That's like I don't love that part. I'm learning to be better about that. That used to give me major anxiety. Negotiating. Yes, because yeah. it's like what if they think it's too high? Like are they going to drop me? Like I would always fear in a way rejection and also like not being like good at doing that because I've had agents before. But I've been trying being on my own for the last six months, and it's been really great. I've been making so much more money. Like killing it. Yeah. I love that. And there's agents coming after me, and I'm like, no, I don't, I'm good, you know? That's and, amazing. Yeah. Just and sure. I wish more girls knew that. Like right now, a girlfriend of mine is going through that, and I'm like, you don't need them. You don't need them. So what are your tips on negotiating? Don't settle for something that's not right, and be ready to say no, I think. So how do you not get fearful around saying no? How do you feel okay with leaving something on the table? If you give them a price and they're like, no, how do you deal with that? Well, I always think about the brand. I'm like, is that a brand that I really want to work with? Like, you know, long term, if it's a yes, then I can compromise. But if it's like just an extra brand, an extra job, then I'm like, I think it's okay. Yeah. I just let go of like a yearly deal with a brand that everybody knows about. And I'm like, I know everybody wants to work with them. Everybody works with them. But, like, their terms were just not right. And I'm like, why should I be saying yes? Like, I think they'll respect me more if I say no now. Maybe we can, like, make it a better yes later on. And they are. So That's so powerful. I know, but I cried. I'm telling you, I had a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God. Am I, like, turning down something major? And then it just wasn't, like, for me at that point. So, yeah, it's better now what feels made, better now what made you cry about it was the fact like making a wrong decision because there so a friend of mine works for the company and he tried to push for me so hard and I felt like I let him down and I'm like oh, I don't like to let my friends or my close people I like to be great to everybody mm-hmm. as much as I can but I knew that that wasn't about him or about me it was just about the overall deal that wasn't right and he would have done the same if it was about yeah. him so I just yeah, I talked to my therapist about it, and she's like, Marta, you did the right thing. Don't always try to be too good to people because you are already. You don't need to, like, overdo it. He knows that you care about him regardless, and so it all worked out. I love that. And you mentioned, like, the overwhelm and the stress can be a lot, and, and we kind of have the same. Like, we manage to fit everything in and get it done, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't overwhelm you at times. Uh-huh. And you mentioned you have a therapist. Is there any other practices that you have that help you kind of get rid of the overwhelm and de-stress a little bit. So when I feel like I'm like, you know, really nervous, I just start walking like back and forth and I do my emails like standing on my phone because mm. I feel like walking kind of distracts your mind from what you're doing. If you're sitting down, you feel more stuck. If you start walking like the, they told me that the thoughts flow, like they start flowing better. So I do yeah. that. I keep walking or sometimes I need to lay down. So as a kid, I used to get a lot of anxiety as a kid as well. And I would lay down on a marble floor in the bathroom for like a good 10 minutes. And just the feeling of like the marble like being cold on your back, kind of like, I don't know, gave me like a feeling of like peace. And like, so I, I lay down on, on either like on the floor or like on, on a mattress sometimes for like a five minutes and try to close my eyes and just like 
to reset if I can. If I'm like running around, then just yeah. I can't do that. But that always helps. I think having those practices to reset is really important. That's something I've really worked on this yeah. year. For me, like I can be very hyper. My personality is quite bubbly. <laughs> That's a good and, thing, though. Yeah, but sometimes it means that I I had to really practice on grounding myself mm-hmm. because. That kind of bubbly side and that excited side is really, really great. But actually, it can lead to me being quite exhausted or my mind, like, wandering so many different places. You get tired. Yeah. And so I've really, like, worked on grounding myself. And what grounding myself to means to me is just kind of going, stepping outside and just doing some breaths outside or, you know, just kind of walking away from my computer. Yeah, walking away really helps. Even, like, painters or, like, artists, like, when they get stuck with their artwork, they just walk away and come back to it with a fresher mind. And it really does help. So we all need to do that, I think. I think we all do it in a way. We don't really, we don't even realize we're doing it, I think. I agree, but I also think it's the kind of circles that we're in, we all do it. But I don't know if everybody does it. Like I didn't, not before That's I was identified with being an entrepreneur, I have such different conversations now to what I did yeah. then. And I wonder if actually like, People in the corporate world, if they're stuck in these adrenaline cycles and these cortisol cycles, whether they're exposed to these conversations and actually different ways of doing business and whether they're enabling themselves to get out the office and take that breath or, I don't know. I think they should do it. I don't think they all do it. I dated this finance guy and he was out of his mind, like so stressed out, always like on the go and always like taking calls at one in the morning, like that's not healthy. Mm. So I think as long as you know what's healthy and what's Mm. right and you're fine, but some people just go over that line. And I don't think it benefits you because your work doesn't perform as well. If you're prone to like develop addictions, that's when it happens, I think. Stress addiction is the thing, Uh it really is. I would love to circle back to you talking about how you got started and how you're really strategic in a sense of you knew what you needed to do and all of the steps. And once you got over the barrier of just kind of getting there and getting started, you really were able to bring success mm-hmm. in because you were so driven towards your goals. What do you think about the influencer landscape as it stands? Do you think there's too many influencers? Do you think there's still space? What would you say to someone that's thinking they'd love to get into this kind of space? Yeah. So I've always thought, and I still do think, that there's work for everybody, where the world is so big, there's so many brands, and so the space is really saturated. But I think if you have a unique voice and a good vision, there's always room for new creatives. Because, like, every couple years, I feel like brands want to work with new girls, unfortunately. But I haven't been overused yet. So (laughs) I think as long as you have a unique voice, as I said, and I think it's important to stand out. Like, I always notice that a lot of girls... They all wear the same things and they all have the same style. And I think brands want to see something that's consistent, but I don't necessarily think it's a great strategy. I think being a little bit out there and different and not following the trends did help me be noticed more by brands. Mm -hmm. So one tip that I would say helped me was like to not share my style vision with like too many people, to not talk too much about what I was planning to do next to keep your content like fresh and like kind of like new every time so I know that a lot of girls are like all friends with each other my friends are like from music or film so I try to like keep my like you know group of friends a little bit diverse because I think it helps you stay more creative in a different way where you can get influenced by other things and just like the same fashion and beauty trends that are around you Mm. for me it's been yeah what do you think you've done differently or interestingly with your content that might have helped you stand out from other people or has really helped you to grow? 
I feel like I've never, like, brands still don't identify me as an influencer per se because I don't do the typical postings that all the other girls do, but I talk about film, I talk about art. Like, I, I post about fashion on a daily, but I always try to have that influenced by something else. Mm. So there's, like, you're open to different collaborations that way. And that's why I think Kenzo picked me because they're all about art and film, and they're, like, even their clothes are inspired by different cultures. And I think... Keeping it diverse is really important and did help me a lot. How do you get traction in the beginning? Say you're just starting out and you've got this great creative vision and you know what's going to differentiate you. What do you think the steps are people could take in the beginning to start getting themselves out there? I think in the beginning it's important to like feature the brands that you love the most and even like if you can't borrow those clothes to buy them and return them. I think Mm -hmm. it's a good strategy that we've all done that. I've done that. Everybody's done that. So like know what your core brands are and even like reaching out to other talents is something that I used to do in the beginning and like try to like get into photo shoots with them or try to like somehow be featured on different platforms and again like can support you. So just like show people what you can do for them and what they could like how you can benefit from each other type of thing. I think it's a good strategy for the first year to kind of like, you know, get yourself out there. I love I would that. Say. Yeah, I think the collaboration piece is so important. Right? If you can help each other. And we were just talking on a previous podcast about there's a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's very much about not going into a relationship where you're like, I want this from you. I want this. And instead being like, I think I could add so much value and help you here. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to also help me here? And making that work for both sides, which I guess as well, you have to be so good at when you're negotiating with brands. Yeah. Finding the win-win. I know, right? Always like, yeah, it's a fine line, but you can meet it, I think, you know. One thing that I've really learned in business is always trying to put yourself in another person's shoes. Like that ability is so important, whether it is like building a relationship with brands or whether that's like doing a deal or whether yeah. that's like building a, on your relationship with your clients and your readers. Yeah. It's just really important. And I think being harness. kind and understanding that we're all humans yeah. is so simple, but so like valuable. And a lot of people forget that part. And I don't know why. Yeah. And I just think so... Interestingly, obviously, I have quite a lot to do with the customer service side of Boss Babe. And I think everyone needs to accept no one is perfect. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes things go wrong. Like, I we know. sent an email out and there was a spelling mistake on it. And someone was, like, getting annoyed. I'm like, well, it's human, you know. Uh, no one's 100%. perfect. Yeah. And I think that a lot of you know, influencer girls always portray this, like, image of perfection and, like, luxury and, like, this and that. And I'm like... I know that that's a trend and that's what brands ultimately do kind of want and like pay for. But I'm all about giving a message and trying to like show them that, yes, we can look great in that outfit and go here and, and take photos of that hotel. And it's amazing. But like, you know what? I have problems as a human like you do. And I think it's OK to talk about that. And I think it's OK to like share, you know, moments that are not so perfect or like even things or quotes or like whatever. So on my feed, I keep it very kosher, if you say yeah. so. But on my stories, I try to like talk about different things. And like readers, like that guy that, it, that you were talking to as well, they really like connect with that. And they'll ask me like, you know, relationship advice. And, so, and I'm like, I'm not even like a therapist or anything, but people <laughs> do really connect with you at a deeper level. And then they'll love your fashion stuff even more. So for me, it's been really important to keep that honest kind of like, you know, dialogue with my fans and my readers and my friends in the first place, of course. I love that. Yeah. What do you wish people kind of knew about you that you don't think they do based on maybe seeing you on Instagram? 
I wish they knew that I'm very unconventional, and that's great. <laughs> I, think, I think they do that. Actually, they know that, that I love reading psychology books. Mm. What is it about psychology that interests you? I think it, it's so important to like know how we function as humans, that once you can understand that a little bit more, you can do anything. I see it as a way to open like, doors to like job opportunities or like relationships. Like I feel like it's just like a tool that we should all have and just work on more. So yeah, yeah, I see it as a way to get to more things. I can totally relate to that. And I credit a lot of my ability to relate with our community so much mm -hmm. because of how much I studied psychology. Like I've yeah. always been so interested in human behavior and understanding how we can use that, what we know about human behavior to help people for the better and to help influence their thoughts in a good way and make them believe in themselves and all yeah. these different things. And I think it's so, so valuable for us to be aware of that. Right. It's not that hard, but it's just you have to like be aware of it. And I feel like I don't know, brands should value that more and like should like hire talents that are all about that and just to promote that side of things as well. I love that so much. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for being you here so today. Much. And thank you for being so authentic. I think it's so important and inspirational for listeners to hear when they do see everything so perfect on social, just to hear what really goes on behind the scenes and the fact that we all are human. Yes. I think is so important. Where can everybody find you? They can find me on Instagram at Marta Posen in Twitter as well. And for anyone listening, I would love, in the name of us really going behind the scenes, if you could screenshot this and share something about yourself behind the scenes and tag us all so that we can see what really resonated with you and yeah. we can repost it for you as well. We would love that. I'll do that for sure. That's amazing. Thank you guys Thank you so much. much. Thank you. Thanks. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and be sure to leave us a review. We want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and also really want to know who you want to see on the show. And speaking of reviews, I've also got a little something on my sleeve for you. So I want to send you a copy of the Boss Babe 25. This is a brand new resource that we've created and trust me, you are going to love it. So the Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. Seriously, this little resource is like a little Boss Babe holy grail. You are going to love it. It covers everything from must-have products, our favorite books, rituals that we do daily, and little hacks to help you grow. So if you want a copy, it's really easy. Just leave us a review, screenshot that review, and email it to podcast at bossbabe.com. That is podcast at bossbabe.com. And we'll send you a free copy over within 24 hours. We love bringing you experts and interviews from other successful business owners so they can talk about their experiences and share information, tips, and what has worked for them. However, remember that the opinions or advice of our guests and as the hosts should not be taken as personal, actionable advice and as given as general information and education only. Please always remember to consult a qualified professional before implementing any medical, financial, legal, or other business advice to ensure it will work for you or your business. Boss Babe is not responsible nor liable for your decision to implement anything you hear on the podcast. Please listen and act responsibly. The opinions of our guests do not represent the opinions or views of Boss Babe, Danielle Canty, or Natalie Ennis personally and are meant as information and general education only.